Hi and welcome to Scott Bryant's Fitness Systems Podcast. This podcast is all about fitness and keeping strong from thirty, from age 30 to 80 years old. I'm 50 myself and I'm still working out like I'm 21 years old. And I still feel like I'm 21 years old in the mind and in the body. Uh, I still love working out just like the day I first started when I was about 10 years old doing press-ups and using my ball worker which uh, my dad bought me uh, as a Christmas present and chest expanders where I got my nipples stuck in my chest expanders. So if you're an old school type uh, training person you'd understand what a ball worker is and what chest expanders are and I was doing lots of press-ups and sit-ups and stuff like that and not really knowing what I was doing being age 10 but as I hit 30 years old I decided to become a personal trainer and now it's 22 years on and I'm still reading, still studying, still learning, still training and keeping myself strong at age 50. So I thought I'd do this podcast to help all you 30 to 80 year olds uh, keep motivated and keep strong, fit and healthy. Well, number one, you've got to keep doing it. And these are the reasons why. If you stop your exercise program, after about three to four weeks, your body starts to atrophy, which means you start to lose the muscle, the, the gains that you've gained in the gym if you trained for three months with me consistently and not stopped. So it's really important that you've got to keep it up no matter what. Now, I've uh, looked at my own body like last year, I wasn't 100% well and I couldn't lift anything. So I had about six months out. But having six months out, saying that, I had six months out of lifting heavy weight. I was just doing very light Tai Chi meditation walking and breathing exercises in which to get myself over this illness that I had. And it wasn't coronavirus before you all go, oh, you had coronavirus. It wasn't coronavirus. It was sort of like a a Candida Albacans issue. And if you read the book, uh, Candida the Cure, you'll understand that when you've got Candida, it can really uh, rake havoc with your body and give you over a hundred different symptoms. And this is what I was going through, but then I decided, right, I'm not going to lift heavy just in case I injure myself because I just didn't feel strong. So what I'm going to do is do Qigong type based exercises, which you've got Tai Chi and Qigong. And uh, Tai Chi is more of a flowing Qi exercise, which Qi is something you build up in your Hara or your Dantian, which is where your stomach is. And guess where your immune system is? It's in your stomach. So this is why I was doing the Qigong-based Tai Chi exercises. And Qigong, medical Qigong, is uh, Tai Chi again, but uh, using Tai Chi exercises or Qigong exercises in which to help you medically heal yourself. So you can, uh, or I can work out where the load is in the individual organs and give you exercises in which to build the chi flow in your 12 meridians in the body. So while I was doing this, first of all, I couldn't even walk to the local park without feeling absolutely knackered. So then what I decided to do was try and walk a little bit further each day, try and do more breathing each day. So I'd lay on my back 
with a bottle of water on my belly and I would breathe into the bottle of water so the belly raised and, and fell. So then that way I was doing diaphragmatic breathing, which is the most natural, perfect way to breathe. So I kept doing this and then I'd walk a little bit further, then I'd walk a little bit further, then my confidence started to grow. So then I started uh, using the Swiss ball. Now the Swiss ball works for stability in the body and balance and many many people can't do it i've had elite golfers that can't balance on the swiss ball i've had rugby players i've had boxers i've had sprinters i had uh, a guy recently that was really into canisthenics which is using your body weight to move the body around doing handstands and crazy stuff like that that i don't really agree with and he said yes he could do everything on the swiss ball and uh, so I showed him some exercises. He couldn't do any of them, which I thought was really funny. So I was really taking the mickey out of him, uh, why he couldn't do these exercises. And uh, it was really quite <laughs> fun to see that he thought he was Jack the Biscuit in the uh, in the gym. But when it comes to the Swiss ball, he didn't have a clue. I did have a, a scientist at the Hurlingham Club that was a, a fitness scientist that was saying to me, oh, all the Czech stuff is rubbish, it wasn't very good. Even though they paid me twice to do two lectures there and I got £175 for the hour. So obviously she did believe in what I was saying a little bit, otherwise they wouldn't have paid me all that money to do a lecture to their uh, uh, students or trainers in the gym. So doing the stability work, I started to get more confident and it started to become easy like it used to be. And then I started to lift my kettlebells. Now, the kettlebells I had at, this, at that time were 35 kilos. And uh, I could only lift, lift it one or two times without being really knackered. So then I uh, went up to four or five times, and I went up to six times, and I went up to 12 times, and I went up to uh, three sets, four sets, five sets, six sets. And kettlebell, I'll do a blog about kettlebell fitness, but uh, kettlebell training is really, really difficult. And the, uh, the Russians have been using kettlebells for many, 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 many years in their military fitness, in which to keep the military guys uh, strong. And there's a guy called Pavlo that made uh, kettlebell fitness famous in the UK and around the world. Now, he knows a lot about kettlebells and how to, you know, get the body stronger and all that, but his program design sucks a little bit and his diet and lifestyle, when I heard him talking on the Joe Rogan show, wasn't that scientific and he said that he really didn't know enough about diet, but really was the master when it comes to uh, kettlebell fitness. So going back to uh, keeping strong as we age, one thing you should never do is sacrifice your intensity. Now, Charles Parlequin, strength and conditioning coach to over 250 athletes, got them to uh, Olympic status using his strength and conditioning programs. And I've got four of his books. Uh, one is called I Hate Characteristic Diets. The other one is called Charles Parlequin Winning the Arms Race. The other one is called The Parlequin's Principles. And the other one is called the German Body Comp Competition book. And uh, 
after reading all them books and taking on board what he was saying where you must never sacrifice your intensity I knew that I had to get back up to being mammothly strong again and I knew it would take time because I'd had six months out of uh, strength and conditioning but the great thing with if you've done strength and conditioning for years and years like I have your body remembers it quite quickly so at the end of the six months of doing the Tai Chi the breath the breath work and keeping my uh, parasympathetic system relaxed and not going into sympathetic dominance which that's when you go into a catabolic not an anabolic phase in the body I found that I started to really increase in strength so six months in I started to buy more kettlebells more dumbbells I bought a chin-up bar I bought some resistance band I already had the TRX but a TRX I don't rate I don't really uh, feel it I don't get sore the next day and everything is really quite easy for me to do but obviously exercise is better than no exercise so after started doing resistance bands training and kettlebell swings and cleans and pulls and all that type of stuff and integrating with the Swiss ball my strength was coming back like no tomorrow and I started to feel really really good and I listened to Dr McCola and Dr McCola's a bit of a skinny guy but works out and does coconut pulling that I spoke about in the last uh, podcast but he was uh, or has written many many books and being a medical doctor It was really good to hear him saying that the stronger you keep your body, the more chance you have of fighting any illness and disease. And obviously I found that to be 100% true. And speaking to my uh, friend Steve, hopefully he's listening to this, uh, we've been bodybuilding or weightlifting or training, fitness training all our lives and he's still doing it I'm still doing it in I think he's in his 50s as well I think he's older than me laugh out loud Steve Uh, but uh, it's so important to not sacrifice your intensity so when you get your strength up to a certain level you shouldn't let it drop and if you do let it drop or you have a you know an illness or a reason why you need to stop you will get that atrophy, you will lose muscle size, you will lose strength. And uh, you've got to get back in the gym and you've got to start pushing yourself. But obviously many guys, uh, like I said in one of my podcasts where there was a guy that had a knee issue, he was very, he was a black guy, and uh, he was doing three plates, three twenties each side of the squat, in the squat rack. And uh, I was quite impressed with that. But I said to him, how long have you been training? And he went, I've only been back to it a couple of weeks. So really, you've got to go scientific with it and not overdo it. More, like I said before in other podcasts, less is always more. And this is what I, I do with my clients, as well as with my own training. So if I wake up, uh, today, for argument's sake, so today's going to be a pulling day, so I'm going to be doing deadlifting, anything to do with pulls, like so deadlifting, 
upright rows, uh, cable or resistant band pulls, as well as uh, side lateral shoulders because I'm pulling the shoulder. Uh, I might do some one arm kettlebell pulls in my pull patterns a day and some other stuff. But always keeping it to the level of as soon as I get too tired, I stop. As soon as I get that shaky feeling, I know that I've taken my nervous system to the max and I need to stop. So by using this uh, way of monitoring where I've gone to, I never overtrain. But saying that, uh, the day before yesterday, I've done some kettlebell squats and my legs have been sore for two days. So really that's a little bit of overtraining, uh, but my legs, uh, I'm not genetically gifted in my legs and many men are not genetically gifted, gifted in their legs. And what I've seen categorically, the guys with big legs have skinny arms and the guys that have skinny arms, uh, uh, skinny legs have bigger arms. It's really weird. So my mate Damio, Damien, if he's listening to this, he's known me for longer than 20 years. And uh, I got him from 12 stone dripping wet when we was working on the doors in, in the East End. And got him up to 16, 17 stone. And now he's a boxing trainer, as well as working for the Ninas, as in the police, Nick Nick. And uh, so with... Uh, with helping him gaining size, I don't know if he's as strong as he used to be, but for me being 50 years old and working with an 80 year old client, it's so important to keep that strength going, even after an illness, uh, Steve, that you was telling me about. So uh, my top tips are, is never overdo it, Always try and have a bit more left in your tank when you finish. So if you can do, say, five sets of squats, which would be a push pad, and then you did some chest, and then if you had enough energy left after 45 to 50 minutes, do some Tai Chi exercises. And if you feel really drained after the Tai Chi exercise, that's showing that you've gone too far and you need to back it right up. Or the same as if you, Steve, if you go yoga, which you'll see lots of birds in uh, skimpy outfits, so that's one reason to go, Steve, uh, (laughs) uh, that when you do the yoga, you should come out of the yoga session energized, not depleted and drained and tired. And if your flexibility is a zero, which most bodybuilders or power trainers uh, or guys that lift heavy weights is uh, you'll find that your flexibility will start to improve you'll find that your energy levels will start to improve with yoga or qigong or tai chi now some people have said to me oh tai chi qigong oh it's a bit girly and it's too easy so I say to them, right, come and have a session then and see how girly or easy it is. And they soon realise that it can be very, very difficult, especially when you have to slow yourself down when a lot of us are going at 150 mile an hour uh, in the gym. I see guys and they jump from leg press to lunges to squatting and they don't even have enough rest 
uh, rest and repair and recovery time between their sets. And this is something I found to be really, really important when I'm training clients that are injured or older clients or my golfers or my 80-year-old. So with my 80-year-old, he has a really good sense of humour and he likes to take the piss out of me. So when he takes something that, when he says something to me that I think, right, I'm going to give you an exercise that you're going to hold for five minutes and you're going to be shaking like a leaf. And then while we're doing this exercise together, which will be holding a breathing squat for like five minutes, he'll be going, what did I do wrong? Have I upset you today, Scott? I'll go, well, think back to what you just said to me. And he'll go, oh, stop, Scott. I'm sorry. Can I do another exercise now? And then I'll change the exercise and give him something a bit more fun to do. So really, really important talking about fun is that, you know, with me and Steve and my 80-year-old client, that if you've been working out for 20 to 30 years, you've got to make it enjoyable. You've got to make it fun. You've got to have a bit of banter. And this is what I love with the clients that I work with is that I say to them, look, when they very first pay me the £5,000, is that I'm not laughing at you paying me £5,000. You've got to remember that I've got a bit of a warped sense of humour. And if I say something to offend you, it's not meant to offend. It's uh, just my sense of humour. And so sometimes I call my clients pussies. And somebody commented and said to me, why do you call your clients pussies? I said, because if you call a man a pussy, it's like a red rag to a bull. All of a sudden, they ramp everything up and really push themselves a bit harder. So it's it's not about insulting the client or the person that I'm training with. It's to ramp up the competition to get more out of that person. And unfortunately with men, men are motivated by uh, banter and by having a joke. So really, if you're trying to get strong again, do the exercises that you love without uh, injuring yourself or damaging yourself. So the next thing, when it comes to food, I see lots of guys in the gym and they're in there. 40s 50s and 60s and they've got big bellies but they've got a little bit you know some muscle mass but they've got this big belly that they can't get rid of so the way to get rid of the big belly is stop drinking alcohol get rid of bread out of your diet get a food allergy test done by me which will cost you about 300 quid find out what foods you're allergic to in which to flatten out your abdominals and then Get somebody like myself to look at your exercise program to make sure that you're not doing exercises that may make your stomach protrude. So some people can have a posterior pelvic tilt and when you've got posterior pelvic tilt or anterior pelvic tilt, uh, no, it'd be posterior pelvic pelvic tilt. You can correct me on that if any checkies are listening to this. that the, that the organs will lay on the abdominal wall and give you the perception of that you've got a big abdominal, uh, big belly or big abdominal wall. When it won't be that, it would be because your pelvis is in the wrong position or it could be that the food that you're eating is inflaming your gut wall or it could be that you have uh, subterraneous fat behind the abdominal wall which is making it looking, which makes it look more protruded than what it really is. 
And if you look at Paul Check, the guy that I've studied with, a lot of people comment on his abdominal wall and how much it sticks out. He trains his abdominal wall like a fast twitch fiber, which it is, it's 90% fast twitch. You've got a slow twitch, fast twitch, and endurance twitch, which the endurance twitch I seem to stay away from, which most guys do anyway. Uh, but if the abdominal wall is 90% fast twitch fiber, you need to train it hard and heavy, but explosive. So I've seen Paul get a 140 pound dumbbell and put it on his chest and abdominal crunch with it, okay? Knowing that everything emanates from the core outwards, and this is what he uh, preaches in his courses, and that if your abdominal wall is not strong, your back won't be strong. The same as if your back is not strong, your abdominal wall won't be strong, unless you're training them equally together. And the first muscles that atrophy in men as they get older, and if you look around at different men, uh, not in a batty boy way, but, you know, look at men, and you'll see that men over 30 onwards lose their glute or bum muscles and they lose their abdominal muscles. So that's why I train mine extremely hard with the tornado ball, which you can check the videos out on YouTube. Uh to keep my abdominal wall explosively fast. And if I'm gonna get into a punch up in a street fight or a bar fight or whatever, I'm not gonna be hitting you with my fists. I'll be hitting you with my abdominal wall. And what I mean by that is, I don't mean I'm gonna belly bump you. I'm gonna, as I go to swing my punch or jab you, I'm automatically pulling in my core, breathing and breathing and throwing out my jab or hook or uppercut at the same time. And I had, I had if you watch Mike Tyson in his, in his early 20s when he was knocking everyone out, and you watch him with Customatos, who was his trainer, hitting the bag ferociously fast, you'll see that he's, he's not only using his hips, and his legs, he's using his abdominal wall as well, in which to hit the person, you know, to knock the person out. So this is highly important for men that are aging and women that are aging too, that if you're not explosively training your core or training your glutes and hamstrings explosively, you will lose them. So your bum will become saggy. And it's a horrible looking women to see that their bums are just gone completely. You know, they've lost the love heart shape. So if you turn the love heart upside down, that's the love heart shape of the bum. That If a woman's got the, uh, the little uh, dents at the side of their bum, you know that their pelvic floor is working, guys. So you know if you're having sex with them, it's going to be good. But if that indentation at the side of the glute has gone then you know that their pelvic floor is not working. And with the stuff that I do as a master check practitioner level four in London, uh, I can get that firing again using specialized exercises. And there's a, a female checkie that bought out a book called uh, Your Vagina Can Buy You a Ferrari. Uh, and she specialized in tightening vaginas using uh, the check practitioner techniques of uh, using blood pressure cuff and diaphragmatic breathing and lots of other stuff in which to be able to strengthen that. So, going back to uh, keeping strong as we age, 
your rest and recovery time is so important. So the gym that I was working at a couple of weeks ago, most of the people were in the gym six days a week and five days a week. That's just overtraining. That's just addiction to exercise as far as I'm concerned. And the people that I was talking to were training four or five days a week. They wasn't even in fantastic shape. So they was obviously doing something not right in their exercise program. And uh, especially the guys and girls that are aging, you know, they're in their 40s and 50s. Most of the women, I'd say 90% of the women that are in their 50s, all fat. And most of the guys in their 50s and upwards in the gym, all fat. So uh, it's just showing that adrenal fatigue, Steve, that is really important to not be in adrenal fatigue. As we know, there's three stages and the, the third stage is Addison's disease. The, the fourth stage is death. So really important that you look after them adrenal glands and you get a program that's scientifically designed and practically designed at the same time and not have a program where you're just beasting yourself because you've had three months out, which is totally the wrong way to go about exercise. And that's why I have medical failures come to me that have been to see the doctor, the physio, the osteopath, uh, the personal trainer, and they've not got the result simply because they don't look deep enough. So my top tip is train four days a week. If you want to train six days a week or seven days a week, do four days of conditioning and do the other days doing some Tai Chi or Qigong or some yoga. Then that way you won't be overtraining because Qigong, Tai Chi and yoga and just stretching and mobilizing the body will push you into the parasympathetic sides of the nervous system and not sympathetic which breaks down and puts you into a catabolic state. You want to be in an anabolic state when uh, trying to get stronger again or trying to get back to your uh, routine. So the next top tip is that as you age, you're going to see your plate, maybe your face getting wrinkly, uh, your skin doesn't look as good as it used to, or maybe you can't lift like you used to, or you just don't have the energy. And this is where supplementation can come in and really, really help. So I take uh, vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, zinc, uh, shilajit in cycles, uh, organ oil, uh, a probiotic, a prebiotic, and uh, what else do I take? Vitamin C, I've already said, uh, a multivitamin, and I eat according to my metabolic type. And if you was to meet me, uh, you would see that I'm still in good shape. And I've got pictures of me when I was in my 20s. And uh, looking at pictures of me now, I'm much more bigger muscular-wise and thicker and denser. And still got my six-pack, so uh, which I'm quite pleased about that I've managed to maintain that all these years on. But I know that if I wouldn't have been uh, uh, taking supplements, eating according to my metabolic type, working out smartly, if I would not study with the Czech Institute, I would probably be a good 18 stone of blubber, but still training very, very hard and heavy. 
so when I was doing the doors back in uh, the 90s, I went right up to 15, 16 stone because having that extra weight was uh, one, intimidating, which is good when you're being a doorman, and uh, two, having that additional power was great as well because one night I was at the zoo bar, there was five fights in like 20 minutes. So by the time I got to the 20th, uh, you know, the, the fifth fight in 20 minutes, I was absolutely knackered because of the adrenaline release and running up and down the stairs, throwing people out left, right and centre. But then after that scenario, I realised that I didn't want to be that heavy anymore. And obviously, the heavier you are, uh, you're not in your body max index, but I don't really agree with that anyway. But if you're really heavy and it's affecting your breathing, it's affecting the way that you move and you can't move as fast as you used to and all that type of stuff. This can bring on diabetes and other illnesses. So I decided that I've always looked the best at 13 to 14 stone. And I'm about 13 and a half stone at the moment. And my deadlift is 160 kilo. So that's not bad going, is it, for somebody that's under 80 I think it's just over 80 kilos and I'm deadlifting 160 kilo at age 50 with no drugs, just natural supplements and eating healthy, sleeping well and training hard and regular and consistently. It's really important that I really found uh, being 50 and taking good amounts of vitamin D uh, magnesium and stuff like that so that's really enhanced my health massively and there's a book that you can read called ageless man and this book ageless man is all about testosterone and about supplementing your testosterone as you age now obviously for women as they age testosterone increases but for men as they age from 21 onwards testosterone depletes but if you're doing strength and conditioning on a regular basis uh, you'll maintain your testosterone you may not be the same as when you was when you were 20 uh, but you'll maintain your strength you'll maintain your muscle mass you'll maintain your thickness if you keep it going I can remember a family member of saying to me when I was in my mid oh late 20s ah you look big now Scott but you won't be big when you're in your 40s and 50s you'll stop and give up and I'm like you fucking arsehole Uh, I'll prove you wrong like I prove everybody wrong which I always do which I love doing I get a top buzz out of it and I'm still training and this person is in his 70s now and he's got the biggest gut I've ever seen and got so many health complaints through having that gut at 70 uh, that I think that's a bit of poetic justice coming back, you know what I mean? Or karma coming back. So uh, after training an 80-year-old for nearly six years, uh, he wasn't 80 when I first started with him. When he Does that make sense? I trained him for six years, so... Uh, he wasn't 80 but he was in his early 70s and uh, using 
my flexibility techniques as well as mobilizing as well as tai chi as well as yoga as well as uh, the strength and conditioning techniques he enabled to keep his tennis going and he's still playing tennis today and he's 80 years old and he does spinning three or four times a week which I go against that a little bit but because uh, he had a heart issue this is why he wants to always work the heart and when you work with somebody at that age group you can't change them all you can do is give them great information like when I told him about magnesium baths for aches and pains he would have a magnesium bath and when I used the Theragun on his tight IT bands which is the muscle that goes down the side of the leg Steve uh, uh, that enabled to release his knees and stop him getting knee pain so uh, you know as you age you will get you may get injured more you may have more aches and pains that you had that you didn't have before and this is what ageless man talks about and he's a he's a medical doctor that is a massive advocator of testosterone enhancement as you age. Now, where I will go uh, one way or the other, I'm just in the in the middle of testosterone enhancements. Is that in ageless man he explains that diabetes and all these heretical, all these disease that men get as they age can be avoided with testosterone enhancement. Now I had my testosterone checked over a year ago and when it got checked it come back really high in my age group. So when I asked the doctor and said do you think I need enhancement of it, he said no. He said it will cause more problems because yours is at a healthy level because you eat well, you don't drink, you don't smoke, you exercise regular, you go to bed and you do all the things that you need to do to keep it at a good level you know I still wake up with a bone on and I could be on a bus and get a bone on which can be quite embarrassing laugh out loud uh, but to keeping the hormones balanced is really really important and the way to do this is one eat according to your metabolic type two don't overtrain, undertrain. Three, make sure you get adequate amounts of sleep because they found that if you're not getting enough sleep, this will affect your testosterone levels. And two, don't get testosterone from the local gym in the toilet or the local car park or the local uh, bodybuilding shop simply because you don't know what you're getting. And it's more likely to be fake. And unfortunately, lots of Uh, bodybuilders die very young and very early you know look at all the American wrestlers from the 80s and 90s most of them are dead Hulk Hogan's the only one that's still going I think and uh, and the reason being is that when you mess with your hormones the hormones have a key to every other hormone so if you boost your testosterone What's it going to do to your estrogen levels? What's it going to do to your cortisol levels? And all this type of stuff. So unless you know that in-depthly, you know, scientifically, and you understand it, and you know that when your estrogen level goes up, that you know what to do to bring it back down again, it's really important that you don't mess with this. 
And I don't mess with this with any client. But with the functional diagnostic nutrition that I do, I get you on a diet, then we do lab work to find out how your blood is and how the hormones are balanced from an adrenal point of view. And then we use uh, supplements as well as diet and exercise to balance everything out. I don't give you an artificial hormone, which many women take HRT, which I'm dead against, uh, which can cause huge amounts of other problems from taking HRT. And the same for men if they take testosterone as they're getting older. If you're doing it under a medical doctor that specialises in testosterone therapy and he's going to look at your blood and look at your overall health on a regular basis, then I've got no problem with it. But if you're just going to get it from the local gym, the local shop or the local drug dealer, then you're a complete idiot as far as I'm concerned because of your guessing with your own health. And a lot of these bodybuilders that, that are dying early are dying of, you know, cancer or some tumour that's growing inside the body. They're taking growth hormone and uh, somebody that I know got some growth hormone and said to me, could I find out whether it was real or not? And when I found out it was not real, they said I was a twat and didn't know what I was talking about. Even though I went to a medical doctor that told me that it wasn't real. Uh, so there is some Neanderthals out there that uh, this person bragged and said he never knew, never read a book, never done a course, but he knew more stuff about training. And this guy had man boobs really badly. He knew more about training and he had a massive lower back issue and a gut issue. And he knew more about training than me idiot uh but obviously there's people out there like that that are uh are neanderthals and very ignorant and very uh how can i put it narcissistic and think that they know everything when they know absolutely jack shit especially if he was to go up to somebody and say will you pay me 120 pounds for an hour session and they would say on your bike mate you've got no qualifications you've never read anything and you don't even know what to do with my body uh, so the proof is in the pudding so the next thing is that if you had a dream of having a great body when you were in your 20s and 30s you've got to keep that dream going and you mustn't give up on it if you still want to look good and feel great and if you're feeling tired all the time you need to research research online book me uh, to help you to find out why you're tired all the time. <laughs> is it you've got a fungal and parasite infection? Is it you're in adrenal fatigue, whereas uh, they go hand in hand, they're both together? Uh, is it that you're addicted to sugar? Is it you're an alcoholic? Is it that you've been doing too much co cocaine and uh, this has affected your overall health? Or is it that you've been a bodybuilder taking... Uh, gear in your 20s and cheating on your hormonal system but now you're not cheating anymore but because you've done all that cheating in your 20s you've uh, got an issue in your 30s 40s and 50s and this is what happens to a, a lot of guys I've seen they're in their 20s and they decide to take gear because their ego 
is controlling them and want to get a bigger chest, want to get a bigger chest, but if that bigger chest doesn't make you more money and give you get you more birds. You know, bigger legs like some a few people have commented at me and said, Oh, your legs are not big, Scott, but why are they so fucking strong? Like I can put uh six twenties, so that's six twenty kilo plates either side of the leg press and do twelve reps easily, no problem. And but my legs are just not genetically gifted, but my arms are being 17 and a half inches, trying to get them up to 18 inches. Uh, so it's really important you look at your teenage years, look at what you were doing then, then look at what you're doing, what you did in your 30s, and then look at what you're doing in your 40s and 50s. And I pride myself on getting people strong from. 40 to 80 it's easy it's not difficult as long as that person is consistent and regular with their training program and when I go around the gym and talk to other people that are training once I finish my workout uh, categorically 90 to 85 percent of the guys they'll train three months before their holiday go on holiday eat shit get fat come back then they find it hard to get back into training. Then that'll be another couple of months. Then they'll start training again before the summer and wonder why they never increase in size, they don't get stronger, they can't maintain it, and they wonder why uh, they start getting the Budweiser tumour or the big belly and they can't get rid of it. And these are all the reasons why. So my top tips is keep going, never give up, If you've got a health issue or a complaint that you can't get over, book somebody like myself. I'm very expensive, I'm not cheap, and we can get to the root cause of the issue, and I can get you the dream that you want, whether it's to get a six pack again, or whether it is just to have energy again, to be able to do your normal life stuff without being completely tired and drained. or it could be you just want to get back to golf or you want to play with your kids. Uh, not in that way, but you know what I mean. Play with your kids, be able to you know wrestle them and uh, do exercise with them. Then I can definitely help. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It was a bit of a rant, uh, but I hope you've enjoyed it. Please subscribe to the Apple podcast or the... Uh, I can't remember the name of the other one. Uh, so I need some food. I need to have some breakfast. Uh, so it's really really important that you keep going don't give up hear your body listen to your body what it's saying to you rest more sleep more train less and make sure you document everything you're doing so you know when you get a pain coming up or it could be from the tricep extensions that I've been doing or I'm getting a pain in my lat. It could be from the uh, chins that I've been doing. I've only been doing half reps. Or I'm getting a lower back pain because I'm not engaging my belly and doing the diaphragmatic breathing that Scott taught me in which to keep my, my spine strong. So thank you very much for listening to the uh, podcast today. 43 minutes. It's the longest one I've done so far. But obviously, keeping fitter, stronger and leaner as we all age, we all want this. And the only way to to have it is by 
consistent training, uh, not giving up, having a good coach or mentor to help you, uh, to keep you on track. So thank you for listening on Spotify, I remembered now, and Apple Podcasts and everywhere around the world. This podcast goes all over the world. And uh, please comment, please send me an email if you need any help. Go to my Active Bryant Systems website or you can buy my book, Holistic Health for Proper Geezers, Classy Ladies, Get the Body and Fitness You Want on uh, Amazon or you can buy it on audiobooks on audible.com or any uh, other place. But I give it to clients free when they sign up with me to train to get things done. And just because I said I was five grand... Uh, yes I am five grand if you do a block booking if you want free sessions and freebies but you can do uh, where you can pay for an assessment pay for a program see me three times then you're on your own or you can just pay for a program or you can just pay for an assessment and a program or you can uh, book me for mentoring if you're a personal trainer and you just want to update your knowledge and uh learn more about business and how I've survived for 21 years without going bankrupt. Touch my head, touch wood. Uh, So thank you very much for listening to me today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Peace and love and uh, get the chi going. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello. It is the 13th of November, Saturday. 2021 in the year of our Lord and we're down by Richmond in the year of Satan the year of Satan (laughs) and we're down by death to all the gym managers (laughs) we're all all down by the river at Richmond and talking to Scotty about the state of the fitness industry in the UK at the present time because Scotty has had a bit of an experience haven't you recently mate working for a gym and you weren't too impressed yeah, I did uh, 60 hours uh, energised fitness in Putney. What a complete joke. Complete joke. Yeah, as in the Swiss balls weren't pumped up. Uh, none of the staff are earning money. And they, uh, they, they trick them into coming to work there in which to get PT clients. Yeah. But the manager doesn't tell the PTs that he's got all the clients. So it's near eye impossible, apart from one PT there that's busy. There were misses. So what was it when you were there? Was it? Uh, did you find that you had access to a lot of clients, or was it all just a bit? Well, they're all paying thirty pounds a month membership. So because it's only thirty pounds, it's not it's not a huge amount of money to pay. Yeah. So you're not going to get the millionaires that I used to get when I worked in millionaires, in, Rodders, yeah, millionaires yeah, in Kensington or Chelsea, you know, or Richmond. Yeah, okay, but you had a bit, you know, they were listening to you, weren't they? They were chatting to you, they were, yeah, they were, really they were quite friendly. up for having a personal trainer. Yeah, they were really, really friendly, but uh, obviously I'm quite expensive compared to the normal guy. So uh, when they hear they've got to pay 85 compared to 45. Why are you so expensive? You've got big overheads. Yeah, of course I have. I've got to pay £700 a month rent. You've today. got to pay bloody haircut for haircuts, haven't you? Yeah, before... <laughs> Before now, I've got to pay to have me back waxed. And all those v- visits to the massage parlour. <laughs> and get me testicles uh, sorted out. <laughs> yeah, so the, the rent there was 700 quid, but they let you do one a month for free. Then the second month is 350, and then 
the third month I've just got no idea but obviously you know there's one PT he was busy in there but doing everything very very basically and training everyone like he was training himself so yeah. there's no indiv- individualisation whatsoever so it seems a bit of a rip off that you are actually paying for the privilege of being able to talk to people on the gym floor that's all you're paying for really isn't it yeah, but they what they dupe you into, they get you to work for absolutely nothing. Yeah. So you're using your energy, your time, your skill, yeah. your expertise to try and get these people to sign up. But you, but the manager already knows, because he's already got five PTs in there, he's got 40 clients himself, which he bragged to me about, said he'd done no paperwork, no assessment, no contracts. And I just thought the manager was a complete idiot for saying that. Yeah, it doesn't... Uh, Especially when you get sued and... Yeah, Things like that, if you, somebody gets an injury. Yeah. Very unprofessional. We were missus. So how long, did you, how long were you in there for? A couple Six, of weeks? Yeah, just two weeks. I'd done 60 hours of work. Yeah. I must have spoke to 50 members, 60 members. Give out lots of flyers, give out lots of business cards. Uh, did I get anyone calling me? Nobody got back in touch at all. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from that, everything's fine. Sorry? Apart from that, everything's fine. Yeah, apart from that, it's just like, it's 21 years on, isn't it? You know what I mean? When I worked at Fitness First, they had the same type of thing, but what they would do, they would, you'd be, uh, they had their, like, their juice machines and you'd have to clean the glasses and make sure the gym was tidy and stuff like that. But they would pay you for that. So you get paid for that until you got a couple of clients. Yeah. Then you'd come off of that and then slowly you'd start paying rent. And I was at Fitness First for, for two and a half years. You know, my fitness first manager, Dave, he opened up his own gym, now he's back at fitness first. Realising that opening up your, your own facility is a big mistake, simply because you have uh, huge overheads. Yeah. Whereas this is where the gym is duping the trainers. Come and, come and work at our gym for free. We won't pay you fuck all, but you've got to clean the toilets and do all the crap stuff while trying to get a client. So... If the client is quite educated and very wealthy, I can't see him taking on a cleaner as a PT. It's difficult to get clients when you get your arms stuck around the U-bend, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I just I just don't get the... Like, the fitness industry is constantly con- complaining about the PTs and uh, how... Like, the manager kept going, all our guys are underqualified, not as qualified as you, Scott, and I highly respect you and all this bollocks. And I was thinking, wait a minute, he's slagging off his own guys. What's he doing when I'm not there? He's going to be saying the same stuff about me, isn't he? Yeah. He's only known me for two weeks. You were probably the most qualified toilet cleaner there, weren't you? I fucking was, yeah. I cleaned millions <laughs> of toilets with my tongue in the ladies. Hey! <laughs> oh, my. So we've had a good old day down in Richmond, haven't we, today? Yeah, the tide's out. <laughs> had a walk round. The rugby girls are out, so... All the rugby... Uh, Pete, all the rugby supporters are in Richmond watching the rugger. It was um, funny, I was coming off the train and this guy, this big fat guy, he's, he said to his other fat mate, get out of the way, you know, you're getting in the way. And I said, yeah, you need to go on a diet, mate, <laughs> as, I, <laughs> as I got off the train. Uh, I don't know if he took it as good as humour as what I did at the time. So we just went to Whole Foods and had a bit of uh, some some little scoffing there, didn't we? Yeah, my, my, my ungrateful mate, I got him a nice card, a banana card. Told him he was the banana man in the card. 
and said to him he's been a brilliant friend through oh well for as long as I've known him 15 16 years and then he complains I haven't put 20 quid in it and I fucking bought him dinner what a cunt what sort of mate is that yeah what sort of mate does that? and I got him the best bar of chocolate you could ever eat did you put any money in his and card? It, and he kept giving it back to me. Of course I didn't put no money in his card. Yeah, that might be the problem. I'm tight and I'm Jewish. Oi, <laughs> <laughs> me, oi, me. <laughs> but he's German and he wants to gas me. What's going on? Oh, my God. Nine, nine. <laughs> he does. If you used to meet him, he looks like Eddie Hitler. <laughs> I just want to go. I think you're too It's yeah. funny. I got him. Like, I went in the local uh, second-hand shop. No, dead people shop. You know the charity shops? They only get their, their stuff from dead people, right? So I'm in the charity shop and I see mine Kampf in there, which is uh, Hitler's life... Is it is his life story? Mein Kampf, his story, yeah, yeah his story. Yeah, basically. his his basic life story. Doesn't talk about gas chambers. I paid one pound fifty for it. I give it to my Eddie Hitler mate, and he said, "Thanks a lot." Next day, I phoned him. I said, "How are you getting on with Mein Kampf?" He said, "I'm not. It's in the fucking bin." <laughs> it wasn't Mein Kampf. It was it was a, a biography of Hitler, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like volume. Six. It was a really bad joke, but I'm really good at bad jokes. It was volume six, and I hadn't, I, you didn't buy me volumes one to five. So <laughs> oh, it was a bit like, a bit like walking into the middle of a film and expecting <laughs> to pick up on the uh, on the plot. Yeah, but you keep telling me how extremely intelligent you are, so I thought you'd be fine. But oh. obviously you're not that intelligent, like... Einstein dyslexic Scotty I was intelligent enough to throw it into the bin it made a nice clunk as it hit the ground <laughs> I bet the dustman as he was as he was throwing it away he pulled a disc out <laughs> it was so big this book it was, it was. like unbelievable it was, about... it was big it was like five bibles strapped together <laughs> it was a rather a weighty tome <laughs> I should have kept it at home and used it used it in my workouts <laughs> cheaper than that pink pink medicine boy you bought recently oh Oh, fuck it out. What, no. that pink with a picture of a girly on it? <laughs> Just perfect for you, isn't it, mate? <laughs> totally perfect for me. It's <laughs> almost as bad as my pink helium-filled kettlebells. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, tell them a little story about you uh, over the, over the, uh, over the crematorium where you've been working out and the security had a go at you. Oh, yeah, I was over the crematorium having a bit of a wander around and a, a uh, workout with me, stretchy bands and this... Uh, Little light comes down, walks past with his with his security badge on. He goes, he shouts at me, "Do that somewhere else!" And I went, "Hey!" And he went, "Do that somewhere else!" And I said, "You don't have to be a complete dick about it. You could have just asked me nicely. You can't do that here." And he just went off on one, and he was trying to read me the right act, and I was just ignoring him. And um, basically, he got he got the ump because I was questioning him. And he says, uh, oh, you, you better leave. And I'm like, like a German wood questioning, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought, oh, what a little dickhead this bloke is. So um, I emailed these uh, complaints to the company he worked for. And uh, they said they'd investigate. And that was the last I heard of it. So, But yeah, little bit, a little bit of power. Power crazed Hitler there. Little, little, little man syndrome. Bit of power. Uh, and how about me the other day in the gym and somebody's got a fucking mask on squatting? Yeah, what a not, twat. Yeah, it's like going swimming with a mask on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's not good for your uh, performance. I mean, squatting, it's a big, it's a big old movement, isn't it? That, you know? yeah. yeah. And you will, after a couple of reps, you're going to start getting to oxygen debt, and you're going to need that oxygen. 
course you are. So if you That's why you got a mouth and a nose to breathe through. Yeah, exactly. So it's not going to be con- conducive to your performance, one would say. And then they had this uh, sanitizer stuff that was in these uh, tissue paper that you had to wipe every machine down with, right? And it was saturated with the sanitizer. But the thing that I was worried about is what's in the fucking sanitizer. Because your body drinks 50% of whatever you put on it. So what would it be doing to my good intestinal gardening and my good bacteria in my gut? Microbiome, yeah, probably destroying your your microbiome, mate. Not doing anything good for it at all. But as long as it saves lives, mate, that's all we're interested in, isn't it, mate? Yeah, As long as it saves the NHS and protects lives and saves the NHS, that's all you're interested in, so... Yeah, but, suck it up, yeah, but the, yeah, but the confusing thing is, is that we've all been paying into the NHS. You know, you're nearly seventy-one. Oh, you're I'm joking. nearly, <laughs> I'm nearly, I'm nearly forty-five. You know what I mean? We've been paying in it all these years. Where's all that money gone? Yeah, managers, mate. Executives. Where's it, where's it all gone? Fritted away, wasted. You know what I mean? I went uh, uh, during the peak of the pandemic. I had to go and get a wisdom tooth taken out. And I you went need up, the wisdom tooth putting in, mate. Yeah, mate, take it <laughs> out. Off. So I went to the the the, uh, the dentist at uh, London Bridge. We had to go up twelve flights of uh, uh, twelve floors. So me and my mate are there, and I haven't got a mask on. My mate's got a mask on, and there was about uh, ninety people waiting to go to different things. And security's going, "Where's your mask? Where's your mask?" I go, "I oh, just exempt," and he was fine with that, you know, and. My argument is, I went all the way up there, had my tooth done, had to sanitise once, which I just sanitised on the floor, not on my hands, and went in there, come home, and I was all right. So really, if this pandemic was as bad as what they say there is, surely I would have fucking pegged it by now. Good point, well presented. You know what I mean? The same with the gym. The gym had 40 members in, in the, in the evening. There was no social distancing. No wiping down equipment, really, because people were just jumping on, jumping on things, jumping off things. So I just can't see where the logic in... You mean like normal? Yeah, like normal. And the odd twat with a mask on, which I avoided like the plague. Uh, and it just makes you think, where are they going with this? If they lock us down over Christmas, how many more people are going to commit suicide? Yep. How many more people that have got cancer are bad, you know cancer or some disease where they need to see a doctor and they can't because there's another twatting lockdown and they've shown categorically around the world that lockdowns don't work and when they you know and they, they say they did work and they reopen us again there's reinfestation again so what's the fucking point it's some sort of control stuff if you watch your history uh, the world uh, the world at war and you see what Hitler did during the Second World War to brainwash the Germans uh, into thinking the way that he wanted to. They used the radio, they put flyers up, they put everything in the paper, they even had planes dropping bits of paper everywhere. It's exactly the same, it's no fucking difference. Look at all those birds in that tree over there. Look like vultures, don't they? Yeah, but that's where, well, bird, that's where birds normally go, you daft fucking northern twat. Yeah, but they're big black things, aren't they? They look like big vultures. They're not like penguins, are they? They're not like Good seagulls. point. Well presented. Yeah, they must be ravens. They're probably, no, they're bigger than that. They're probably those... Uh, they look like those uh, herons, don't they? Yeah, they do a bit. Yeah, there's pretty loads of them, isn't there? How many is there? I one, wish I had a catapult so we could shoot three, one. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twenty-five. It's about 20 of them. 
Can you believe you can count that high at 71? Never seen that many in one tree. I've never seen that many in one place at the same time. Do you think that maybe it will be gay? Could, could it be a gay party? Could be a gay party. Or it could be the uh, the Chippendales reincarnated that I watched the other night. Yeah? Could be yeah, that. You like that, didn't you? Because it's full of gay men. <laughs> with, with chiselled abs. <laughs> and pert little buttocks. No, I was looking at all the beautiful women getting kissed by the gay at, men. You were looking at all the bums and the bulges. <laughs> And the, pow- the posing pouches, <laughs> wishing that that was you. Oh, what are you, like? you were, I know I you. Should have bought that. You can't fool me. <laughs> oh, there's a gay little Scott in there, oh. bursting to get out. Oh, fuck off. Right, can you just hear it as I just chin him? Whack. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not homophobic at all. Uh, but it was good, the documentary. You have to watch it. And another good documentary is called. Uh, no, it's a movie. It's called. Uh, is it flexed or bigger? The new one about uh, Joe Vider and Arnold. I don't know. Uh, it's really good. You know, if anyone's listening to this, you should. See, you should if you're a big uh, bodybuilding fan or a fan of fitness, health, and wellness, and you can watch Joe Vider and how he was fascinated by men's bodies but was never gay, and how he uh, used a magazine in which to get a lot of the equipment and supplements and vitamins and minerals out there to the masses obviously he died a couple of years ago now isn't it so all, all the greats uh, all the greats seem to be dying so when are you going to die Rob? Uh, oi oi <laughs> <laughs> oh dear there's loads of dogs walking past aren't they? there is little fluffy woofers everywhere and some nice ladies way uh, yeah but so the the fitness industry what was it like when you was training regular rob you know when you was in your 20s can you remember that far back uh i never really got into the fitness stuff and i was a cyclist up until about when did i start weight training when i got into martial arts about 1993 you sure it weren't 1945 1893 before that i was a cyclist so i was just into cycling i didn't do any weight training but um, <clears throat> I did a little bit in the 80s because I was into uh, Kung Fu then, but nothing serious. 1993, that's when I started getting into it big time. Did a lot of weight training and stuff. And, so when um, did you have your first fight, Rob? What, the first? Fight, fight. What, real fight? You know, all this splat belt and stuff that you were doing. You know, when did you have your first fight? Have you ever had a fight? What, a real have, fight? Have you really, have you fought out, uh, in a paper bag or outside of a paper bag? Only a wet paper bag. <laughs> I'll tell you what, right, I love Robin so much as a friend is that he's just unwindable. You know, other mates I would say that too and we'd end up having a wrestle in, in the in the garden or something, you know, uh, because they can't handle a bit of jibbing back. A bit of banter. Or a bit of banter. Oh, now they're saying that that's a sin, isn't they? They're saying banter is not allowed, oh, for fuck's sake. I'd piss out of anybody now. He's offended by everything, aren't they? It's so. just a complete... You know, you, you know, in the days of Jim Davison, you know, he was really, really funny the chalky jokes and everything. And I can remember, I worked in a hotel once, and when I was working in Tilney Hall, Ham- Tilney Hall Hotel in Hampshire, I was only about 17 years old, so I was really new to the... Oh, they had a gym there, and I trained in the gym. And there was a, there was a, there was a, a black guy, mixed-race black guy, because I don't know what to say anymore. They want you to say black, or you can't say mixed-race, or you can't say coloured, but black's OK, so I'll say he's black. And I started saying some chalky jokes... And I got called in the office over it. And when I got called in the office over it, 
the guy I was saying the jokes to, the black guy, went in the office and said, Scott was just saying normal jokes. What is your problem? I haven't got a problem with it. So why should you have a problem with it? This is other people being offended on somebody else's behalf, isn't it? Which is bullshit, isn't it? You know what I mean? Total, total bullshit. Why can't people keep their nose out of other people's... Well, that's what happened at the gym as well. Like, I was on my phone and uh, talking to my mate Steve. Steve, I hope you're listening. And uh, talking to my mate Steve. And me and Steve were having a bit of banter with each other. Next minute, I got called in the office like a kid. And they say, uh, I'm not allowed to be on my phone anywhere in the gym. I'm like, hang on a minute. I'm fucking 50 years old. Not 74, like like my mate. Uh, Oi. <laughs> if I was... Uh, you know, having a bit of banter at the back of the gym where nobody's around, what is the fucking problem? And that's why I left, because when I got dragged in the office, I felt like I was three years old again, which was great. So I thought I'd knock one out. No, only joking. Uh, after being pulled in the office, I just thought, what other, what other twat thing is this guy going to say? How can I be even thinking about giving him £700 a month if he's having a pop at me for being on my phone for 10 minutes? And having a chat with somebody I've not chatted to for 30 years. Yep. You know what I mean? Or 20 years. Uh, yeah, they treat, they treat the trainers like they're all idiots. But they've all paid £3,000 for their qualification. They should be respected more. I was speaking to some, a member yesterday. And he said to me there was this uh, Italian woman that started at the gym. She was really enthusiastic in the, in the first two, two weeks like anyone would be. And when she got to the third week, she couldn't wait to leave because she realised that she couldn't get any clients there, you know. And I just think it's wrong that these gyms are doing it to the younger PTs that are just coming through. And they're so desperate to work. A couple of the, three of the PTs I spoke to, they're all 21. I don't know why that's a lucky number or something. And uh, it's all doing free jobs. Three bloody jobs. And they're living at home. Now, this is what the working world has turned into. How can you do... It's like in America. They don't do one job, do they? They do three or four jobs. How is that even logically worthwhile? Exactly. Uh, doing that, you know what I mean? Did you like that bit of... Uh, she was all right, wasn't she? Fluffy fluff that walked past. A bit of flying giant. Would you see a bit, a bit of fluffy fluff walk past? Yeah. She was nice. She was smiling at us. I'm sure she was laughing at us. She had a lovely v- VPL on display. Hey. Uh, so, uh, yeah, them birds are still there, Rob. They haven't flown off yet. No, they're not errands, mate. Have a look. They're actually, looks like, they look like they're some sort of coot. So, do you, coot. Some sort of, some they're not coons in. They're not coons. It could be some sort of a, uh, a little uh, a gamut or a coot or some sort of a... There's even more of them. Look how many there is in the yeah, tree. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot in there. There is, yeah. There must be a family of them, Rob. Probably all related. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, being by Richmond is really, really lovely. And uh, being with my old mate, Rob, who I've known since the dinosaurs were on the earth. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting up with you, Steve. Steve from Essex, Mr. Essex boy. And we're doing a podcast together. Uh, hopefully that'll be soon so Rob's uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu but never fought his way out of a paper bag 
but a really good cyclist. What what was your resting heart rate when you was on the drugs, Rob? On the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> My resting heart rate was forty-two beats a minute. Fucking hell, that's that's super fit, isn't it, Rob? Yeah. So what is it now? Now, now you're 74. 42 beats a second, though. <laughs> Especially when these young girls walk past. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're not so young now, are they, Rob? They're looking They're a not. bit old, all wrinkly, a bit, a bit like you. Not half. So do you think that anti-wrinkle cream's going to work for you? <laughs> Hope so, mate. I'll let you know. Uh, so me and Rob, we're going to health food shops and check out what they got. So I got some... Uh, What's that stuff they shouldn't put in toothpaste? Oh, fluoride. Right. I got some anti-fluoride toothpaste. Uh, bought some tea. Anti-fluoride toothpaste. Yes. You mean non-fluoride toothpaste? Well, it's still anti, isn't it? Well, anti's against. I mean, anti's against. So. Well, it is against. It ain't got it fucking in it, has it? You yeah, twat. Non-fluoridated. <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to learn to speak English, mate. Non, <laughs> non-fluoridated toothpaste. Look, I'm from Essex. I talk the way I fucking yeah, want. Yeah. All right. Anti-fluoride <laughs> toothpaste. Rudders. Rudders. Oh, isn't that the best show on the earth? You know, uh, only fools and horses. If you're not watched fools and horses around the uh, around the world, you know, because I know a lot of my podcast listeners are in the states if you if you watch only falls and horses and you don't wet yourself if you're at an older age like my mate rob just make sure you're wearing incontinence pants because you will piss yourself with laughter so yeah so the fitness industry is in a right shocking state will somebody blow that plane out the, out the sky uh what about the cheaters, mate? There are a lot more cheaters around there, aren't there? Oh, yeah. So uh, I've got a habit of uh, retaining useless information. And sometimes when I speak to my old mate Rob, because I've got to keep him on his toes, being 74 and all that, uh, sometimes I'll listen to a bit of information. What was the other thing I listened to? It was about the cranes, wasn't it? The Chinese cranes. Pink flamingos or something? Yeah, the pink flamingos. In China, they feed them on a regular basis and they keep them... Uh, very healthy and fit because they dance and because they dance the Chinese believe that if they was to kill them or cull them for dinner that it would affect that area and they would lose uh, plant life and money and wealth and all that and I just find that really interesting so then there was then I was watching this other thing about the cheaters and the cheater numbers were going down so Rob was talking about another subject and I put in the cheater thing and because it was totally off hack of what we were talking about, Rob's been winding me up about it ever since. How much gold you got, Rob? Is it a lot less than me? I don't care, but if we're just talking about it, I'm just worried about cheaters, mate. <laughs> but apparently the cheater numbers has gone up now, so which is great. How many cheaters were there in the world? 700, 750 cheaters left in the world. Yeah, now it's... Uh, now there's 751 because they introduced a couple more, didn't they? And yeah, they did, yes. One probably, one probably died, so that's... Yeah. yeah, so the numbers have definitely gone up, which is great. Mm. <laughs> Oh, fuck you now. You can't make it up, can you? Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. My battery's going to die, and maybe my friend might on the way home, being 74 and all that. And <laughs> and I look forward to uh, updating you on my next podcast, which hopefully will be with Essex Steve, if he's about and if he's got time to come and meet up with us. Because uh, he wants Big to... Here and there. Look at yeah, it's great, he's yeah. got a fish in his legs, hasn't he? All oh, right, uh, might not have been. Yeah, and uh, cock. You got a thing about cocks, didn't you? Especially on animals. Uh, I think that's a Nazi thing. I don't know. But uh, what was I going to say? 
yeah, so hopefully they'll be meeting up with Steve from Essex. Wants to go training. I'll have to show him a thing or two, you know, with him being uh, a lot older than me and uh, wearing out a bit. So uh, it'd be lovely to have a bit of banter with Steve and do another podcast with him. So I'm Scott Bryant. This is... Me. Robin Allen. I, I am not Scott Bryant. Uh, Robin Allen, old age pensioner. And... uh too fast. <laughs> And we'll chat to you again soon. Hope you've been enjoying the, the regular podcast that I've been uploading. You're not actually going to post this bollocks, are you? Of course I am. It's going on live. It's going live now. <laughs> okay, speak soon. Bye. <laughs>